You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So um, just so you know, I'm actually done recording the podcast, but I forgot to do an intro, and I started recording kind of in the middle of a sentence. So um, this is my first attempt recording live on YouTube and then transferring it over here. So bear with me. Leave me any feedback. Here is the middle of that sentence. I hope you enjoy the show. Today is to find out if there's any way I can record the podcast every day live and then do the audio for the podcast. I'm skeptical, but it would be massively awesome if I could figure out how to make it work. So my thoughts for today, I'm going to go through my notes just like I typically uh, would and in the meantime, you guys keep filling up that comment section with uh, questions, comments, concerns. Chad is in here, says, hey, man, good morning from Down Under. Um, good to see you, man. I was, I was going to do something, and I'm like, I got to nail this because he's actually from Australia. And I'm like, just, just let it go. I thought, I think I did the Down Under pretty good. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. Um, so that's the plan. That's what we're going to do. I'm just going to rip through this stuff. I get super easily distracted, as you can already tell from the fact that I depending on what's on my computer screen, everything gets mixed up. And when I do the podcast, I got a little pause button. So my brain starts getting all scrambled. I hit pause and I just reset. Can't do that. Got to just fly through because people are watching me live. And, um, you know, I have no intention of going back and editing the podcast tomorrow because that just takes too much time. So uh, Cody's in here, says, let's go. Pretty excited about it. Oh, by the way, 53-man roster is what we're talking about, so by all means, drop some comments. I'm sure you guys have plenty of thoughts about a few of the things that we learned today. Um, J.K. Scott comes to mind. David Bakhtiari comes to mind. A few other things. Um, but before we get there, i got to have very meticulous notes as I do this to make sure that we're going to do this. And I, I understand, it's, it's a little bit different, right? Because with normal YouTube videos, the way that you do it is... Um, Here's the topic. I'm going to talk about it for 10 minutes, and then we're out of here, right? That's not how I do the podcast. So the, so it's it says 53-man roster. People are going to click on it and be like, why is he talking about Cam Newton? But that's what we're starting with. We're starting with Cam Newton because that was relatively big news today. Um, Cameron Newton, I have no idea if that's his actual name or not, and this didn't work quite right. Cam Newton did get cut. Um, I've been saying on the podcast for quite a while that the guy is he's not bad, I just think he's overrated. And my theory is that he's always been a high producer in fantasy football. It's just a random theory that I've come up with. But he's, he's, he's a very good fantasy football guy. So I think, and, and the funny thing is, I've heard fantasy football guys talk about the fact that some people way underdraft him. And I think you get football people who go into fantasy, they're like, no, Cam's trash, and they don't draft him. And fantasy people come into just general NFL realm, 
and hear people talk about Cam, and they're like, dude, he's like a top three quarterback. I don't know what you're talking about. And so there's a disconnect there. Um, Cam Newton, for what it's worth, because a lot of people were asking the question, it is a bold move. Um, you could easily have just kept Cam and Mac Jones and done what every other team does, and you say, all right, we're going to roll with Cam for a little while, and then Mac Jones will eventually take over. But it just feels like Bill Belichick isn't that kind of guy. You know, He's the kind of guy that's just like, um, this is what we're doing, and I don't really care what anybody thinks. Um, I'm not going to play politics here. We're just, we're just going ahead with what it's going to be, and Mac's going to take his lumps, and it is what it is. Also worth noting for everybody saying, well, wouldn't it be worth having a, a veteran on the roster? Brian Hoyer is there. Now, maybe he got cut. I don't know. I doubt it. But Brian Hoyer is still there. Um, and I understand most people are like, well, Brian Hoyer is trash. In the preseason, he actually graded out higher than Cam Newton. It went Mac Jones, number one, Brian Hoyer, number two, Cam Newton, number three. That was how the grades went out. And Mac Jones was millions of miles ahead. And so, I mean, look, Cam Newton was never going to be a long-term option. Um, they've got Hoyer as a backup. They got Mac. If it doesn't work with Mac, so what? It, 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 for no re- There's really no reason to keep Cam. There really just isn't any reason to keep Cam Newton. He's not going to help you win a Super Bowl. He's not good enough, and your roster isn't good enough. So why not just turn the keys over to Mac and see if this is our guy? And if it is, sweet, let's just run with it, and uh, otherwise, whatever. But... A lot of hubbub about uh, the Cam Newton situation. It was kind of big news. I know some people have kind of called it, but um, it was a little surprising. Um, in other news, David Bakhtiari, we learned, is going to be remaining, I guess you would say, on the pup list, which means he will be out for six weeks. Um, let me just pull this up. See, this is where this is where you need to have meticulous notes, and i got to project where my brain's going to be going with this stuff. Um but he will be out for six weeks. I believe that means he comes back for the game against Washington. Um, I did have somebody on Twitter kind of ask me, well, does, does anybody actually really scare you? Like, what's the big deal? The answer is yes. Um, not only in terms of def- good defensive lines, which we're looking at the Saints, the 49ers, the Steelers, the Bears, all with good defensive lines, but teams that could potentially beat the Packers. And if we're talking about just a small little thing, like, for example, the reason we lost largely to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a complete lack of protection for our quarterback. There's a couple other things, but that was probably, in my opinion, the biggest thing. You could say Kevin King, whatever. It doesn't matter. But you'd have to agree that that is a major factor in this. If a team like the 49ers, which is a team that has done this to us not very long ago, twice in one year and knocked us out of the playoffs, simply by dominating our offensive line, is able to do that again in the absence of, of David Bakhtiari. And I understand we have other good players there. That could cause a problem. The Saints, I've been saying, they're, they're, they're nowhere near as good as the Green Bay Packers. The Packers should easily win that. But it's one of those things. It's week one. The Packers aren't in a rhythm. None of the starters have been out there, so they're kind of getting a slow start. And um, the Saints kind of start attacking, and they're able to take advantage of the offense. It's, it's one of those things where... You could just see it start to get out of hand, and it's like if they don't figure out this offensive line because they're not running the ball well and they're not protecting Aaron Rodgers, we're actually going to lose to the freaking Saints and uh, whoever their quarterback is now. I'm blanking. I want to say, nope, nope. Names, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's in there. I, I can picture him. Winston, Jameis Winston. Thank you very much. I had Taysom, but that's the wrong one. He didn't win the job. Um, so, yes, I am, I am concerned, and that does stink. I still think we'll be okay, but I think it is a bit of a gauntlet. 
Um, and even, again, even the teams that I think were better than, like the Saints, like the 49ers, especially with Garoppolo, these are teams where they can just attack that one area and just wreak complete havoc until we can figure out how to stop it. I do have confidence in the offensive line, but there are question marks there. David Bakhtiari's gone. We don't really know how great Elton Jenkins is going to be at left tackle. I'm fairly confident in that, but then his spot gets voided, and I don't really know about our guards. We've seen some good things, specifically from, I want to say Newton. See what I mean? The brain, dude. It just, I got nothing. And this is where the pause button comes into effect. I look it up, and I'm like, boom, that's his name. I always knew that. It wasn't ever a problem. But you know who I'm talking about. Um, we don't know what happens in the regular season. So if Elton is a downgrade at left tackle, and our guards are not very good, and we don't really know what our center is, and we know Billy Turner, when he's having a bad day, is just an absolute, just a revolving door, I'm just saying. Am I worried? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so that, that kind of stinks. And I know week one was always a tad over-optimistic, but um, I didn't expect week seven. And that's, that's the earliest he can come back. He may not be back week seven. You know, if, if he's still feeling a little tightness and he you know, needs to kind of get back into playing shape and all that kind of stuff, um, we don't know for sure that he's going to be back. I need to get off Twitter because that's going to super distract me. Tabs are driving me nuts. Um, all right, I guess I guess we're here already. That was the only thing is I really wanted to go. Oh, you know what? There are some other things, but I I it's too late. And I'm not going to go searching through Twitter to find it because we're all here and we're live. Let me just quickly turn over to the questions so we don't uh, questions and comments so we don't get too buried and I start talking about things way too late. Um, Goose says, oh, just got home. How about them kicker moves? So we definitely need to talk a lot about the kicker situation. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts and opinions and questions, theories. Um, but some of those theories I will keep to myself. Um, let's talk about JK. So first of all, yes, I have been the guy saying they're not going to cut JK Scott because he's a fifth round draft pick and he's not that bad. He has some bad punts. Most punters have bad punts, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, that obviously is not how this all panned out. Now, what did happen, and one thing that we need to be very clear about is it's not a matter of, I think what a lot of fans want is cut him and just go find somebody else, right? Doesn't, doesn't super matter. I mean, find somebody good, but go out and find somebody else. That didn't happen. They didn't just flat out cut him because he's trash, and then they're going to go through this whole cycle of trying to find somebody. They traded and gave up more draft value for another punter because they believe this guy is a freak show. So, uh, see, I'm, I don't know who you're talking about. I, that's why I got to start reading comments. Um, I thought you were talking about JK, and I was about to get upset. So, Mr., if I can figure out how to say his name, Corey. Uh, JJ told me how to say it, and I forgot. Uh, Bacorquez. I don't know. <laughs> Bacorquez or something. I don't know. Um, they traded for the guy, and they traded for him because they believe he's very, very good. Now, that is up for some debate. Um, obviously, he had a very, very good preseason, if we switch over to that real quick. Now, week three, he graded out very, very well, and his stats are very, very good. It is worth noting, though, week one, because you know, all the positive, everybody just throws all the positives out there, right? He had a 74-yard banger of a punt, and this preseason, he had a 70-yarder, and all these really good things. They don't really talk too much about the negatives, and the problem with J.K. Scott isn't that he had some really good punts. 
It's that he had some really bad punts. So it's worth pointing that out. So this past week um, against Denver, five punts, he averaged 55.4 yards. Net was 55.4 because there were no yards returned. Um, his longest punt was 70 yards, which is absolutely out of the stadium. Three of them, of the five, were kicked inside the 20. Only one was returned for zero yards. He kicked two out of bounds, blah, 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 blah. doesn't really matter. His average hang time was 4.7, which is actually quite not super great. It's not terrible, but it's not super great. Kind of a line and line drive on some of those. Um, week one, though, he only had a 60.4 overall grade, two punts, 43 average yards. Um, his longest was 52. One of them went inside the 20. None of them were returned, 5.1 hang time. Um, also, if we look at his regular season, and, th- and this is where you can possibly look at it and say, well, he's, he's about to break out, right, because he keeps getting better and better. 2020 with Buffalo, um, pretty, pretty staggering um, numbers here. They're pretty solid. He was top five punter, I think, last year. Granted, J.K. two years ago was like a top three punter, but whatever. Again, just being honest with what it is, 41 attempts. His average was 50.8 yards, which is pretty staggering. Now, as I've said before, I, I think punting statistics are stupid because there's no punting statistic that's any good, right? For example, if you're punting from the 50, can you can you punt 50.8 yards? I mean, you can. It's going to go into the end zone. You're not shooting for 50 yards. You're trying to kick it, you know, 40 yards. So that's it's not always just kick it as hard as you can. Sometimes you're angling it. Sometimes you're trying to get some air under it. Whatever. Um, net was 44 yards. His longest was 72 yards. That's the one he kicked it like legitimately. I saw the video of it. He was standing on the goal line. He was standing on his own goal line. And I think the guy caught it at like the 20, which in my mind is 80 yards, but whatever. <laughs> however you factor 70 is however you factor 70. Um, 19 inside the 20-yard line. Um, let's see. His average hang time was 4.45. Again, not super great hang time, but not bad. The problem is prior to that, he's had some pretty bad years. His average yards per attempt, 42 and 45. Um, his longest, 67 and 60. And his hang time has always been, so the year prior to that, 2019, it was 4.54. The year prior to that in 2018, it was 4.26, which is terrible. So the point is, and, and it's, Again, the conspiracy theory that I'll leave to myself is also another option. But the point is, I don't think they cut J.K. Scott because he's trash and are like, let's just go out and find anybody. I think they genuinely think this guy's a special player. And according to L.A., the, the Rams folks, um, there was a tough competition between he and Hecker, and the Rams decided to go with Hecker, who was the known commodity. And um, I, I, I kind of wonder if the Packers would have been in on either of them if they were looking at the Rams and saying, whoever gets let go, we're going after them, and probably called the Rams and said, hey, you know, they would have made an offer on either of them. Um, But the fact that it's this guy means there's a little bit higher risk, but he's also only 24 going on 25 years old, um, has no expensive contract because he's still an undrafted free agent. And um, so it it probably would have been the Packers' preference. But all I'm really saying is, and I I like J.K., I get that he's, he's good at times, but too inconsistent, like most punters. But... I am still nervous. There's still a part of me that says I don't want to get excited because I've seen what happens where you get into this punting carousel and the guys just aren't ever panning out and it's just not working out. But hey, if he's going to come in and start banging 70-yard punts and just kicking it straight out of the end zone, I'm fine with that. 
Get him to start on the 25. Who cares? I, I'm fine with it. Um, what are your thoughts on JK47? I already said he was, he was underrated by Packer fans, and this guy is overrated by Packer fans. The difference between these two is not as, as crazy as everybody says, but that's fine. And under for over three guys signing with the Lions. Under over for three guys signing with the Lions. Oh, yeah, because so <laughs> who, who did we cut that the Lions would want to pick? That's, that's a question for another day when I can do a little bit of research. Dalton says, bye-bye, J.K. Scott. Cody says, Cam Newton stinks. George says, I have it checked to be notified when Ryan goes live. Not getting notified, anyone else having issues. That is a crime against humanity. Um, censorship. That is pure censorship. I don't know, man. Hopefully we can figure it out. Mike says, my main concern is one injury anywhere else on the line while 69 is out, things will get injured. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of true anywhere. Again, I do like the depth that we have, but when you have some level of depth, and of course the guys behind the guys that are starting are not going to be as good, and you start with one guy already being injured, and then you lose a second guy, It's I don't care what team we're talking about, that's a problem. Most teams, I would say, I was going to say most teams, if they lose one guy, they're in trouble. Probably half the league is already in trouble, and they're at full strength. Their lines just suck. But there are a lot of lines where you lose one guy, you're in trouble. Yeah, I would say with us, if we lose two, depending on especially who that second guy is, we're, we're definitely in trouble. So it is a concern, but it's also just, that's just always going to be a thing. As long as 74 uh, goes to right tackle when 69 comes back and Turner is at guard or on the bench, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty curious. It's we got a long wait before that happens. But um, I am kind of curious to see what the plan is at that because if he is, I forget what the tweet was. Somebody had put it out. I think it's in my notes, but I can't find it. Um, I want to say Pelissero or something. He had said something to the effect of the Packers believe he is one of the best offensive linemen in football. Now, who he heard that from and what exactly the quote is and how much of that is hyperbole, I don't know. But if that is the case, it's hard to imagine them just stashing him at left guard. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I would be a fan of that. And I also think Billy Turner is better at guard than at tackle. So what, what sense does it make if Elton Jenkins is a better tackle and, I mean, is a better tackle than Billy Turner is and Billy Turner is better at guard than at tackle, why would we not do that? I guess it would be because we don't trust the other guy at guard. But again, we're putting Billy Turner at guard. So I, uh, I, I think especially, let me pull it up because now I'm just feeling stupid. I need to see our guys' names. Do, 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 um, Well, all right, that didn't work. I think we're going to be fine. This is <laughs> the article is gone. That's going to drive me nuts. Whatever, can't pause it, going live. Um, next up in the comments, Dalton says he cannot kick for distance, ranked bottom five in most punter stats. Who are you talking about? Are you talking about JK? 24th and average punt. Yeah, so, okay. See, you're going to come at JK Scott, and you're just going to drive me nuts. JK Scott, let's look it up. So, yeah, last year wasn't his greatest year ever, just like uh, Corey did not have the greatest year ever. So as far as PFF grades go, and I know anytime you can bring out grades and prove that somebody's wrong, they suddenly don't care about grades. J.K. Scott in 2018, 19, and 20, I think graded out better than um, our new guy every single one of those years. Um, so it's 64 compared to 53. In 2019, J.K. Scott had a 77. Uh, Corey had a 67. In 2020, he had a 78 overall grade. In 2020, uh, Corey had a 69 overall grade. So 
okay. Um, also, can't kick for distance is silly. That was one of the biggest attributes he's had is distance, also hang time. I mean, we, we, we've seen what he can do. The problem is he doesn't do it consistently. But the hang time, and <laughs> you remember when um, they were in training camp or whatever and people were freaking out because he literally hit the ceiling inside the, the stadium or whatever. I think it hit it or it got stuck or whatever the case was. That, that we we're tracking the hang times and the distances, and the numbers were just off the charts. Um, so, I mean, he doesn't have a problem with distance. He, again, graded out fine. That None of the stats really mean all that much because it depends on the situation. If he's punting closer, compared, so a garbage football team that can't get a lot of first downs, is their punter is going to have better statistics in terms of punting yardage because they're always punting from their own 20, 30, 40 where you're just kicking it as hard as you can. Um, but again, he's always graded out as one of the top punters in the NFL. In fact, if we go back and look by position, and I know they cut him, and again, I have a, another theory that may have kind of pushed him out outside of just inconsistency. Um, we want to go to 2020, and we want to go to the regular season. Uh, J.K. Scott ranked fourth in the NFL. He was fourth. So again, the idea that he's just this terrible punter or whatever by the way hang time he was number one in the nfl so yeah i mean any listen if you want a guy like townsend who is second in yards per attempt but is uh four two five hang time because he's just banging long you know line drives which by the way if you just kick it real far and real low the returns are going to be ridiculous because they're just going to return it so with J.K., you kick it straight up in the air. It gives our guys time to get down there and actually make a tackle. Unfortunately, our guys can't because they're terrible, but that's, that's the theory behind it. So, um, again, I'm, I'm not, you know, J.K. Scott wasn't perfect, but um, his stats were not a problem. He had some bad punts, but I'm telling you, if you think Corey's going to come in here and is never going to have bad punts, you are setting yourself up for horrific disappointment because everybody has punts that are like, what the heck was that? And that is my biggest concern. I'm, I'm excited that he can kick 72 yards once in a while, maybe once or twice a year. That's cool. It's a nice little parlor trick, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of concerned. And, and again, the J.K. slander is just silly. It's, it's, it's spoiled fan syndrome where we just think that every punt should be good, and if we see a bad punt, then that's a bad player. The problem is, again, we get caught into this carousel where you just get a new one. It's like Chicago and Minnesota when they were trying to find kickers. You know, like, this guy's trash, and they got rid of him. They bring in somebody else, and it's a veteran or, or, or not, and they're even worse. Or we draft a guy, and he's terrible, and they cannot find guys that can kick field goals. I just didn't want to get caught into that carousel. That's why I was comfortable with J.K. and his occasional, you know, oh, no, that was a 45-yard punt. Oh, shucks. I don't care. I, I, I just want a floor that's high. I just want a high floor. Um... Mike says this offense is going to be scary good. Uh, the defense may be worse than last year. Unfortunately, just not enough legit NFL players at critical positions, defensive line and so on. But see, I don't, I don't agree with that either. I just, I don't know where, I don't know. See, you guys are going to get me all ranty now. Again, I think the bigger problem is the perspective. Feeling like we need to have more than what we have when almost, we set a standard that nobody can meet. Nobody can ever meet. A good team is basically this mythical thing that doesn't exist. So don't, not enough legit players. So defensive line, we have a lot of legit players. If you're talking about elite players, that's true. But again, who has multiple elite? The Rams don't have multiple elite players. They got one. They got one. 
That's it. They don't even have any edge rushers, but they got one guy there. They don't have any linebackers. They don't have any defensive tackles. They don't have any edge rushers. They got one guy by the name of Aaron Donald, if we're talking about elite. Um, and by the way, Kiki, I think, is a good player. Lancaster is a good... These are good players. They're not elite players. Kenny is the guy that we need to get back to being um, really, really, really good. Uh, inside linebacker, yeah, that's obviously a problem. Corner, true, we don't have a ton of depth. But I think Chandon Sullivan is a solid football player. He's not elite, but he's decent. And Jair is the number one corner in the NFL. So granted, I'd love to have a number two that isn't bad. But again, just go through the list of teams in the NFL and try to find who has like a top five corner and then another guy that's like top three or five. It's not, not impossible to find, but it's, it's an unnecessary standard to try to set, right? Either you're the Legion of Boom or you're trash. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and as far as getting worse, I mean, of course they can get worse because you never know who's going to get better, who's going to stay the same, who's going to, and, and just the scheme in general might be trash. I mean, we don't know. This new defensive coordinator might be a complete bum, <laughs> but see, I, <laughs> I don't even need notes. I just need comments, but, um, I, I do think it's reasonable to expect a jump because Kenny Clark, I think bottomed out. <clears throat> I don't think he could have played any worse. I know Coach Hahn says he's great and all that, but his statistics were putrid. Um, his ability to generate pressure and everything else. Um, Zadarius also, statistically, despite getting a ton of hype because he had a lot of sacks or whatever, really had a down year. And if he can get back closer to what he was in 2019, that would be fantastic. Um, Jair, you could probably re- expect a little regression, but um, Kingsley Kiki, there's a lot of optimism, not from just random fans, but from, again, Montgomery saying he's going to take a massive leap. And and remember, our safeties were really good, didn't come on until the second half of the year. So I think the, the crowd noise and I, I think uh, a lot of guys being hopefully more consistent and having another year, because, again, a lot Rashawn came on strong at the end. Kenny came on strong at the end. The safeties came on strong in the end. If they can, you know, if something just kind of clicks and they can take over, I don't see why it wouldn't be better. That is my expectation is slightly better. But um, I don't know. I don't really know why it would need to be better. Packers guys signing with the Lions, that is. Yeah, I get it. Are you nervous about Mason this season? Not really. Um, It's not great that he shanked. I mean, just because it's such a mental thing, you know, and I know he went through his issues before with just having a mental issue. Hopefully he's got some tools to kind of get through that, to not uh, get locked up. But it's not great to come out for like one field goal, it's a chip shot and you miss, and that's all you've had to live with for weeks, you know, <laughs> no, I just, there's, there's no reason to worry other than he's up in his own head. And I'm, I'm hoping that's not the reality. Poor punting can rip the heart out of a team. Good move by the pack to upgrade. True. If it's an upgrade, everybody's assuming it's an upgrade because I don't know, because everybody says he's got leg or he can boot or whatever the stupid saying is everyone says on Twitter. If it's an upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. Great move. Um, I don't, we don't know that it is not, Nobody has ever even heard of this guy, for the most part, that's watching my stream right now. Hey, 32 viewers, nice. I was looking for concurrent viewers above 30, and I just looked up and we have that. Way to go, guys. Um, I, I, I'm just saying I don't know. I, I, would, I would love for special teams in every capacity to get better, and I would absolutely take an upgrade over J.K. Scott. I couldn't care any less. I just know how bad punting can be and how hard it is to find punters that are just consistently good all the time. It's a, it's a very rare thing to find. So, yeah, it's important. And if this guy is an upgrade, cool. But 
it just it was never it was never the biggest issue. The, the biggest issues we had was returning, blocking, and tackling. I feel like everybody turned on J.K. Scott the one time he didn't tackle a guy as though that's his job, and that was the moment everybody turned on him. The punting was never really the biggest issue. If people could get down there and tackle, nobody would care. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I just. I'm confused by the J.K. Scott hate. I really. I also think a lot of people hated him the second we drafted him because you should never draft a punter. In that moment, everybody just hated him. So there's a lot of reasons people hated him. I don't really understand it. But hey, if he's an upgrade, great. The pressure's on him and everybody else right now to prove that this guy is just going to be a consistently dominant punter every single week for the rest of eternity. And if he can do that, cool. Special teams need to be a positive impact this year. I feel Green Bay hasn't even come close to getting there. And I think that's a bigger part of the the equation too is I think this is going to be a a thing to talk about today. But at the end of the day, our guys still can't tackle well. They can't get off their blocks. They can't block and they can't return. And so special teams is still going to be a nightmare. And whether or not he's kicking it 60 yards or 65 yards or 70 yards or whatever, how much does that matter? Doesn't to me. I mean, it, it, it does. Of course it does. And, and, it, and it, like I was talking to um, my buddy Blaine about it, hey, if he, can, if he can stand on the 30-yard line and kick it out of the end zone and just force them to start on the 25, that right there is a bonus. Just do it because I don't trust our guys to be able to do much of anything. So... We'll see, man. I mean, it's, it's nothing to really super fight about. It's just a punter. I just, I'm just scared he's going to be horrible. I'm, I, I get that J.K. wasn't elite. I don't want an elite punter. I want a guy that isn't horrible all the time. And that's not what J.K. Scott was. Um, Goose says, I was pretty shocked Braden got cut. Um, I wasn't really. He wasn't on my 53. He was kind of on the line of, if depending on how many we keep, maybe he stays. Um, I don't really have my 53 in front of me, but I know that one did not shock me all that much I should you know what I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself the comments are rolling in real fast I think we're going to take a quote-unquote break here um and it's just for the podcast you don't have to worry about it too much I'm just going to be quiet and stare at you really awkwardly for a second um but then when we come back I just want to read through what we did just so we're all on the same page because I'm getting ahead of myself with the comments I'm going to read the guys that we cut, and then we'll get back to the comments, and that's how we're going to finish it. So um, I'm actually going to kick over to the um, the little intermission thing. It's going to give me – so I can see where the break – just don't worry about it. Mind your own business. I'll be back in, like, literally five seconds. If I can find out – which one is it? It's this one, right? Nope. Dang it. What is it? Intro. Ha. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. 
Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, good enough. Welcome back to the Packernet Podcast. By the way, before we get started, I got some business to take care of because there are some unbelievably generous people in here, um, and we need to talk about that for a minute. First of all, if you want to support the podcast, if you're on YouTube, you can subscribe to this channel right here. That would be one way to help out. Um, otherwise, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast over there. But First and foremost, um, one of the things I've been doing for a while now, any of the new YouTube people on here, by the way, Packernet Podcast, check it out uh, daily, although I guess you don't have to if this is just going to be audio later. Um, But I've been running a uh, charity for the Palmer Home. It is a uh, home for children in need, and um, it's actually started by Malcolm Reed, who's a big barbecue guy. He started it. I jumped on it because if you get in the top five, I get to go hang out with him and cook some barbecue. Anyways... In the last 24 hours, I want to look at this because I was in sixth place. You need to be in fifth place. I was in sixth place, and I was kind of resigning myself to the fact that maybe this just isn't going to happen. That's fine. In the last 24 hours, I got a $25 donation from Tom Zotter. Thank you very much for that. I got a $40 donation from Anthony Pellegrino, my man. Thank you very much. He says this means a lot to Ryan. And then Dennis uh, dropped a $57 donation. He said, I've never rooted so hard for fifth place. I really appreciate that. But it was also an anonymous donor. I think those donations right there would have put me just over the, the top into, I needed $100 or so. That would have just put me over the top into fifth place. I got a donation for $525, putting me at $2,650 and launched into fourth place. What happened? You guys still here? I got a message that the live stream disconnected. Is everybody still here? I don't know. Anyways, um, that happened. Hopefully everything's still good and you guys aren't just dropping out of here. Somebody dropped me a comment so I know what's going on. Oh, it says buffering. Whatever. Yeah, smash the like button. Hopefully you guys are still here. I just wanted to go through that real quick. Um, Thank you for that. Thank you for the support. It means a lot, a lot, a lot. Um... I still see 30 viewers. Let me just check on YouTube real quick because I'm freaking out that uh, nobody's here. There's 15 watching. Good enough. We're still here. Um, I'm sorry about the internet connection, whatever. What is that loud noise? (laughs) Things are devolving, but that's fine. That's fine. That's what we're supposed to do. Here are 
the cuts. I just want to go through this, and then again, we'll go back to the comments, and we'll just start ripping through these. I appreciate the comments very, very much, by the way. I know I get argumentative, but it's just my nature. I love you very much. You're my best friends. Um, I just like to argue. It's all in good fun. It's just football, man. We're all friends. Um, quarterback. And by the way, I want to give a shout-out to um, Mr. Zach Cruz over at PackersWire.USA Today, whatever. He does a really good job with writing all this stuff. I've said it a couple times, but he's got a real nice list here, and then he's also got a list of the 53, which I was going to use, but I lost that article. It's fine. Uh, but he's got laid out by position, which is just the way my brain works, and I love it. Quarterback, we cut Mr. Kurt Bankert. Um, I have not seen anything about practice squad or whatever, but it would be obviously very nice if we can get him to clear waivers. There's no doubt in my mind we're going to try to bring him back if we can. Running backs, Dexter Williams and Patrick Taylor were cut. Not a big surprise. I was kind of hoping they'd sneak a fourth in there just because I really like Dexter and, and, and Patrick too. But um, it definitely was unnecessary and it made a lot of sense. Wide receivers, Reggie Begleton, Equinemius St. Brown, Damon Hazleton, and Jawan Winfrey. Not a lot of controversy there. I know there was a little question about Reggie Begleton possibly being a returner or whatever, but it was pretty unlikely. Um, Kalfusi, a lot of people liked at tight end because... Um, Roger said he liked him, and he was doing pretty well. I had been saying on the podcast, I don't think it's going to be Kalfusi um, because they really, really like Daphne. I think Daphne's going to be the guy, and it seems like that is the case. At offensive line, Ben Braden, Jacob Capra, Cole Van Landen, and Coy Cronk. The big surprise for a lot of people was Ben Braden. Again, I didn't have him on my list. I think it was really – I'm trying to remember when I was doing the 53, what was the biggest reason, other than he clearly got kicked out of that position. He was – so what had happened was there were four guards that were competing. And one day, Matt LaFleur came to the podium and was like, oh, we're, uh, we're only down to three now. Ben Braden is no longer in this competition. So he, that's not great. And then you factor in the, the tackles that you want and, and centers and guys that like Lucas Patrick that can play center and guard or whatever. I just didn't have him on the list. Um, so there's, there's that. Defensive line, Willington Pavilion, Carlo Kemp, and Abdullah Anderson. Again, no real big shock. The only thing I had said is if they keep seven, Willington might have a shot, but um, they didn't keep Willington. At uh, edge, off the edge, Tipogalea, who I know I'm saying his name wrong, and Delonte Scott are both gone. Again, not a big surprise. Linebackers, Ray Wilborn and Dijon Harris were expected. Cornerback, Stephen Denmark, Regesterman Ferris, and Katie Anento. Ento was a bit of a surprise, and I talked about it yesterday about what direction these guys are actually going to go. Um, wasn't really sure, but I kind of thought Ento had a pretty good shot, and they ended up letting him go. Um, again, I, I'm fairly confident they're going to try to stash him if they can. And then safety, Uphoff and Gaines both got cut. Uh, Gaines, kind of a surprise, but he also, I thought, I'm trying to think how he, I thought he graded out fine, but I believe it was Gaines, if I'm not mistaken, that completely whiffed or didn't even seem to want to try to tackle a quarterback. And for a guy that's known for laying the hammer to people, that's kind of un un unexpected and unacceptable. Um, kicker J.J. Molson was released, and then J.K. Scott also was let go. Um, and on pup is David Bakhtiari suspended as Jace Sternberger. So we'll have a decision to make once Jace comes back with who ends up getting let go. It may be Jace. I don't know. Continuing on with the comments. Uh, again, thank you guys very much for all these comments. Danny says, Oi, Danny here, so riddle me this. Do you know how linebacker-centric defenses do against modern offenses? That's a great question for a long-term kind of answer. In other words, I'll get back to you in a couple days. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. See, it's, it's hard to know like what, it, what, we, what we mean by linebacker-centric. I mean, would, would Tampa Bay be considered linebacker-centric? Because if so, 
then yeah, right? I know that they, they put a lot of emphasis on it. Minnesota, linebacker-centric, in my opinion. You know, again, I, I don't know what we'd put. But I would say that's a good defense. Not always, depending on how many guys are hurt or suspended or whatever. But I would say that's a good defense that's linebacker-centric. So just off the top of my head, when I think which teams are linebacker-centric, I tend to think they're good defenses. It's possible that just good defenses tend to have good linebackers. It could be a cart before the horse, whatever. Um, but that's going to go ahead and be my answer. Brett Rogers says, easy, the Lions will sign Equinemius, bringing the brothers together. Ooh, that was an easy one. That was just the low-hanging fruit, and I just let it go. The question earlier was, uh, you know, something to the effect of the Lions signing a bunch of Packers. And, yeah, Equinemius' brother was drafted by the Detroit Lions. That would be a good pickup. Uh, Dalton says, but like you said, the new guy might be a risk. Rank him among all punters. You want me to rank him among? I'd... Um, no. Ben says, did JK not get the COVID shot? All right, since you're going to bring it up, that was my conspiracy theory. Um, I don't want to necessarily talk about JK, but let's just call it what it is. If I had to pick somebody, that would be a guy that probably didn't get the shot. JK would probably be on my list. That's unfair to say. I'm just saying. So uh, JJ with a super chat of a dollar. Thank you very, very much for that, sir. I appreciate that. Um, that was my thought. I, I wondered because, I mean, we, you've got some teams. The Jaguars have come out and said it, it impacts who we cut. Um, it's possible, again, with J.K. Scott, that the opportunity arose to possibly trade for somebody that they feel is maybe as good and to let go of a guy that could really, really damage the team if he ends up getting COVID and it spreads and we end up having to... Um, hey, Dennis, subscribe. Thank you very much for that. I really appreciate that. That, it's just it's just a theory I'm throwing out there. Now, it's not a fun theory for numerous reasons. Number one, it's it's really sucky for J.K. Scott. Um, I know it's his decision, but it's his decision, um, and he ends up losing his job because of it. But it's it's also sucky because it means that it's it takes away from the idea that we brought him in specifically because he's a freak. And there is evidence that he's a freak and all that stuff. But if it's sort of we're in panic mode because we need to dump this guy who's not get decided to get the shot, now now it's kind of like, well, maybe it's just a move that needed to be done because we wanted to get rid of JK. I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up. Ben said it. I just ran with it. <laughs> but it, it was my thought. I had thought that. Um, if I'm being honest, I'd kind of wondered about that with Funchess as well. Um, let's see. Brett says, Corey did have a 14-yard punt. JK had a 20. Are we talking minimum, uh, like, really short punts? I'm not sure what we're talking, because it's possible that, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, guys shank punts. I'm curious, Brett, where you found that. Hit me with the, uh, let me know where you found that. Is there a place that tracks this stuff? Uh, Atheist for this cause says, let's hear the rant. I love him. I'm trying, see, that's the bad thing about ranting. Usually when I rant, it's against Bears fans. It's against people in the media. It's just, it's, it's about narratives that I don't like or people that just attack me or whatever. But these are like, I, I see the names and I'm like, I like that guy and I'm yelling at him. And there's a part of my brain that's like, dude, shut up. Don't yell. Don't yell at your fans, man. <laughs> it's a bad idea. I'm just an argumentative guy, man. I'm sorry. I love you guys. Brett says, also, I believe his teammates call him Bojo. Whose teammates? Corey's teammates? You guys got to be real specific with these comments because I'm so lost in the weeds right now. But Bojo is great. Who's Bojo? Roger Davis says, what does the change of holder do for Crosby? Who's the change of holder? 
Oh, the punter. Duh. I was thinking long snapper for some reason. I'm like, no, we kept him. I'm an idiot. Um, I mean, so again, I'm, I'm not a coach. I don't know how any of this stuff works, but my understanding of holding is that there's, there's one way to do it. I guess kickers do have sort of preferences in terms of how they like it held. So that actually might be a problem now that I think about it. Cause I, if I'm remembering correctly, JK did have, did have to get kind of broken in, in terms of this is how I like it being held. Yeah. That is another, another negative potential negative. We'll have to, I don't know. It's just something to monitor. I don't want to get too negative on the kicker. We got a new packer. We should root for him. It's all great. Um, Atheist for the cause says cornerback will look pretty dang strong if Stokes plays well. And it's, it's not just Stokes. And you guys know I've been very anti-King, even back when it was very uncool to be anti-King. And everybody was like, well, when he's healthy, he's really good, which is never really true. Mike with the $5 Super Chat, just because you are back on YouTube, love the content. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that very, very much. Um, I haven't been the biggest Kevin King fan, and everybody is fully aware of that. Even back when everybody loved Kevin King, I was just very skeptical of Kevin King. The thing is, first of all, 2019, he had a decent enough year. In 2021, he's in a contract year. So if there's ever a time where maybe he's going to kind of fake it till he makes it and, and just not have too many bad days, it's possible, JK, JK, I'm stuck on it. It's possible that Mr. Kevin King um, has a good day. <laughs> it's devolving, man. 41 minutes. That's when my brain starts to break. Now we know. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Kevin King has a good year. And, and it's also going to be beneficial to have Stokes learn behind him. Um, I'm trying not to be too worried because it's silly to worry at this point. Same with Amari Rogers and Eric Stokes, but we just haven't seen a lot of good from them yet. But, um, I am excited about the speed. I will be excited about the speed. And it's very similar to Jair where he's got all the athletic traits. It's just a matter of, he has to learn to be a good football player wrapped in those traits. Cause those traits mean nothing. You know what I mean? You go out and find the fastest man in the world. He's going to be a terrible football player. Cause he's not a football player. At the end of the day, you, what you need is football players. So, um, that's what the Packers coaches right now are working on with Eric Stokes and Amari Rogers and all these guys that we drafted. Um, they all have the ability. We just got to make them, it's unfair to say football players. They're very good football players, but NFL caliber football players. But yes, if, if we get any corner, whether it's King, Stokes, whatever, to just be decent, I, I'm very optimistic about the defense. Again, it could go either way. It could absolutely, if certain guys fall off or injury or anything else, I, I, I could see that happening. I'm just leaning optimistic with it. Dalton says, would you give up a late-round pick for Gilmore knowing he's out six weeks? Is it worth the risk? Um, so the six weeks thing kind of threw me for a loop because I didn't know that. But um, I had seen this question before. It was possible that it was Dalton that asked the question, um, and I just didn't answer it yet. I would be very tempted to because I do feel like this is very much a last hurrah kind of a year with Aaron Rodgers. We don't exactly know how that's going to pan out. Um, I'd have to look a little bit more into Gilmore. I don't really want to try to pull it up right now because – whatever. But um, it, it would be something that I would very strongly consider. Uh, it's it's kind of iffy because of, you know, we still have King and Stokes might be something. But if we don't think Stokes is ready, I would say yes. You know, if we, if we just want to straight up, kind of like we did with Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers, where we're just going to redshirt him. We're just going to redshirt um, Amari Rogers for the year. He'll play a little bit, but it, he's mostly getting a redshirt. Um, if we feel that's what Stokes is, I would probably want to do it because as much as, as I feel like the Packers go more all in than people want to give them credit for, um, there are certain, especially when the team is this good, and, and, and as was said earlier, when you look at those holes, there really aren't that many, but there are some distinguishable holes, right? Cornerback, we've got some really good DBs. 
But if you can get a solid DB, like a, a high-end number two kind of DB, it's scary what this defense could be. So um, there's never any super quick fixes. You know what I mean? You could possibly – we see this every every year, every week, where a team will go out and they'll get some big-name player and they show up and they're just kind of garbage. So there's always risk involved. But you're throwing out the, the late-round pick thing. Sure, I'll do a late-round pick. The Nightman Cometh. What is the... Is that a book or something? Because I know the Ozman Cometh, I think, is is an Ozzy Osbourne thing, but he must have ripped that off from somewhere, and it's probably the night... My brain is all over the place. Stokes has the potential that there's going to be growing pains this year. I agree. And that's that's going to be the tough part, because King plays like a rookie that has growing pains. That's <laughs> that's what King looks like. You see the upside, you see the splash plays, you see the speed, you see the the, the long arms, and then you see just the, what the heck are you doing? He, he plays like a rookie. So what's the drop-off? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm very confident that, um, not that I've been batting very well these last couple days, but I am very confident that King, pending injury, will be uh, getting the start. It's just a question of if and when and how quickly, and hopefully the sooner the better, because the sooner it gets turned over, um, the more it means they're very confident in them. And if it's week one, then I, I very, I trust very much that they're very confident in them. I just don't think that they are right now. Where are we at? Uh, this year's schedule is hard to pick against the Packers losing more than four games, barring any major injuries. I believe the team could see significant success on offense with the new additions, training camp, preseason. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 always impossible to, to fully go through and know because there's, there's fluke games, right? You, you pick out some random like Lions game or Bengals game where you, the, the Packers inexplicably lose it, right? So you never really know how that's going to pan out, but I think you're right. I, I when I go through the uh, the schedule, it, it's it's hard to come up with like five five losses. It just really is because because they're a good team. Um, you could do it. I'm sure Vikings fans would have no problem finding six or seven that we could easily lose. Probably two to the Vikings. But if you're being realistic, just with the talent on this team, I think it's very difficult to uh, to realistically do that. Uh, for the cause, grass is always greener. That's 100% correct. And in, 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 in a lot of the, th- the things that we've talked about, whether it be Punter or Gilmore or anything else, it just, you know, there's always that um, feeling that because we got somebody new, it's fixed. And a lot of times it goes the other direction. Uh, Atheist says, would be nice if our special teams coaches stopped destroying elite prospects. Um, I'm not following you on that one. Not sure what you mean. Goose says, uh, "Why is Bradley still on the team?" Hunter? Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, again, it just comes down to it's not. You know, th- there is no. Um, what was it? Vic Ketchman used to talk about something about you can't just go to the store and and pick up a guy or whatever. I don't remember exactly what his phrase was, but you know, you, you can't just pick up these guys anywhere. And I, I think another point that was brought up about the holding um, kind of plays into it. There, there are certain things where you don't want to pick up a guy and just have him do things on the fly, which really kind of surprises me with this punting thing. I guess you couldn't get him really any earlier because the Rams are still doing their competition. They didn't even know who was going to win. So they got him as soon as possible, but um, there may be some issues there. But I that's the only thing I could think. I don't think the Packers love the guy. I just think it's it's not easy to find long snappers that are just better and don't have more mistakes or whatever, which is sad. Um, 
Did Yadam over Ento surprise you? Again, I talked about it on the podcast. I would have gone Ento. Um, there's just something about Yadam and the fact that he was drafted. And um, I just think that there's probably more potential the Packers see in him and they want to give him a shot, even though I think he was worse than Ento in the preseason and, and probably has been in his NFL career. But I think they just picked him up and they, they really – they think he can be something, so we'll see. I, I don't think so, and I don't think they're super optimistic either, but it it, it surprised me, and it didn't. You know what I mean? It, it's sort of like, um, who else would it be? I mean, Dexter surprised me, and it doesn't, right? It surprises me because every time I see him, he looks good, but you kind of know, right? Um, it's kind of one of those things. Any concerns about Amari Rogers' less than stellar preseason? Concern... Uh, um, it, it kind of just brought me back to reality and the, and the reality that he's probably not going to be a big contributor, and he may never be. It was kind of interesting. Uh, me and a friend were going through the Packers draft history just today, um, and one of the, the there's so many patterns that we found. Um, first of all, how horrible the Packers draft in the third round. It's unbelievable. Um, we came to the conclusion that the third round from now on needs to be used to either trade up in the second where they do a really good job or trade out of the third round and just stack up on fourth and fifth round picks because they do very well. They're very good in the second round. They're very good in the fourth round. They do a pretty good job in the fifth round. They're way better in the fourth and way, way better in the fifth than they are in the third. It's weird and it's crazy, but Amari falls into that category. And unfortunately, unfortunately, my guy Josiah DeGuara also falls into that category of being a third round pick. So, um, I'm hoping the fact that they took him early and he should have been a fourth-round pick is going to save him, but that, that gives me pause. But in all reality, I mean, with uh, with Amari, we just got to see. I mean, right now he's just strictly a gadget guy. You kind of dump it off to him, but it's it's going to be kind of similar to Jordan Love where it's like, well, you got to give him a year, but it's probably going to be more than a year, maybe, because how much time is he actually going to get with, with uh, Randall Cobb there and whatnot? Um. Atheist for the cause says smash the like button. If you wouldn't mind, actually, if you're sitting here, if you're hanging out where the viewers are coming back, I appreciate that. Sorry we kind of dropped out for a second there. Um, but yeah, if you wouldn't mind hitting that like button. Um, when I did strictly NFL draft content, it was hard to get. I had so many dislikes. It was getting close to 50-50. Everybody hates you when you do draft content, but these videos have been quite a bit better, and uh, it helps with the YouTube algorithm and all that kind of stuff. I feel like, hey, people actually like this, so if you could, that would be fantastic. It'll take two seconds. If you're on uh, Facebook, you can do the same thing. Just hit like. That'd be great. Do you think Rodgers has any input about who was cut from Paula? Um, I would bet they consulted him. I don't know to what degree they took it seriously. I, I would be stunned if they didn't at least talk to him about it. But, for example, we know that he liked Kalfusi and they cut Kalfusi, right? So hopefully – and that, that's actually part of the problem with getting a ton of his input. Because you get yourself into a position where if you if you really, really engage with them, Goose, thanks for uh, liking. I appreciate that. I can see I can watch all you guys, see if you're actually doing what I asked you to do. Goose is my man. He's always got my back. Um, what was I talking about now? If you get him too I don't know how to say it. If if you take it too seriously, you put yourself in a in a real tough position where you have to do either whatever he says or you go directly against him, and that's very offensive, right? If, if it's just kind of a casual meeting, like, yeah, just throw all this stuff out there so we can kind of throw it in there. We're just kind of telling you where we're leaning towards things and why, and then, you know, have a great day. It doesn't put a lot of pressure on you to just do whatever he says, but if it's like, hey, come on in here, man. 
we're kind of stuck. We want to know exactly how you feel. Tell us everything. We want to know about your feelings and your 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 emotions and your relationships. And you know, we'll, we'll hold hands and hug afterward. It's getting a little weird, but you get the point. Um, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I love this Bronson kid." And the second he walks out the door, they cut Bronson. That's going to upset him. So that again is part of the problem with having these meetings with Rogers, um, whatever. Buffering, we're back, back, sad face. Uh, Zach Cruz is awesome. I agree. Um, Goose says the arguing is good, Ryan. We all need our beliefs challenged at times so we know if we really feel them or not. That's true. I had that with JK. I had to face it. I was telling everybody he's not that bad. Packers like him. He's not going anywhere. And I got smacked in the face with they don't really like him. <laughs> um, uh, do you think the Packers would have resigned Jones if they knew Kylan? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to guess yes, because I don't think you pay Aaron Jones because he's just a good running back. We have we have A.J. Dillon. If it's just a matter of, hey, we just need a guy, there's a lot of running backs that can be a guy. You know, we can roll with Jamal and A.J. Dillon and have some guys. You know, you can go out in free agency and find some guys. And I don't mean to disparage uh, Hill at all. Um, but as of right now, all we know is he's just a, a quality running back, and to what degree, we don't know. I think they kept Aaron Jones because he's special. And because especially Matt LaFleur looked at this team and said, more so even than Corey Lindsley, we need Aaron Jones. Incredibly important piece of this offense, incredibly special talent, great locker room guy, great human being. And above all else, we need to prioritize him, even though everybody says don't do it. So I would suspect yes. I mean, again, the, the biggest reason I would say that is A.J. Dillon. You, you drafted a guy in the second round. That, that should have been the nail in Aaron Jones's coffin, and it wasn't. That's how special he is. Uh, Gaines missed some bad tackles in game three. He did. Um, that's, yeah. Um, that's a great Coach Hahn question. Uh, I don't know what that was from. JJ, we caught up to his super chat. Thank you again for that, Mr. JJ. Um, again, with the comments, I don't know what you're talking about. So you know how when you had to write a – an essay. What what was that in school? You had to, you had to write complete sentences or whatever. You know, I need complete sentences. Just saying. Otherwise, I just skip the question. Uh, let's see. JJ says, "Think they'll let Hunter Bradley go bag groceries, or do we get to watch the bum?" <laughs> I I hope these guys don't watch YouTube, man. Uh, do we get to watch the bum do the same old things he did to Scott? By the way, I appreciate the defense of J.K. Scott um, because, yeah, bad snapping also contributes to that. Uh, I think he's sticking around, so I think that's the situation. Uh, Jeanette says J.K. isn't old enough to get the shot. <laughs> well done. Just coming out of no, I don't, Jeanette, welcome, by the way. Have not seen you in here before. Just sneaks in, drops that bomb, and just walks out. Wow. That's good, man. We got to clip that one. Somebody clip that for me. <laughs> it, and it, it, for a half a second, I was like, well, I had to actually think about it because I'm an idiot. Um, he is, in fact, old enough to get the shot. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Atheist for the Cause says, it is against the rules to cut a guy for not getting the vaccine, but you can never actually prove it's Exactly. And that's, uh, that's exactly the point, right? I mean, same with like when you do job interviews, you technically can't not hire somebody for something, but you're never going to say that's why, right? And um, apparently the Jaguars apparently are telling people that that's what they did or that it influenced their decision. I don't know exactly where you draw the line, but 
Um, there was never any doubt. Let's just put it that way. There was never any doubt by anybody that um, that was going to influence some of the people's decisions. Katie says, hi, Ryan. Hi, Katie. Tyler Trump says, I am just happy to have football back. Win or lose, it's going to be a good season. I can't stay for long, but excited for tomorrow's podcast. Good work. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that. Tell your dad I said hi. <laughs> See, I don't do jokes as good as Jeanette does. Um, Goose says, I think it's fair for a team to protect themselves when it comes to those not vaccinated. Whatever their feelings or choice by the rules of the NFL could ruin the... And that, that's the, kind of the, the situation that... I don't want to say that the Packers are malicious or mean or vindictive or like, you didn't get the shot, you're a horrible person, you're out of here. The way that the rules are structured, you would definitely feel compelled to cut anybody that didn't get the shot, right? It's not like the Packers made the rules, although they probably influenced it to some degree. But the point is, the way the rules are structured, I don't know that I wouldn't do the same thing. We're talking about possibly having to forfeit a game. I'm sorry, but you're all getting cut. <laughs> I can't risk that. I mean, think about the extent to which they go to protect players just from injury, and that's just from losing one guy for a couple games. We're talking about the entire game is just an automatic L. You don't get very much. I mean, if this is baseball, fine, we'll take an L because of a COVID outbreak. You can't do that in the NFL. You lose one game, that's very serious. Um, and again, this is just a conspiracy theory. I'm just answering questions now. Um, Mike, we got to your super chat. Thanks again. Katie says, geez, JJ, be nice. He was a little harsh. Atheist for the Cause says, J.K. Scott was dealing with a personal matter as of late November last year. I wonder if that carried into it. It could be. Um, JJ says, his personal matter was the birth of his child. Oh, yeah, that's true. He did have a birth of his child. <laughs> We're all answering each other's questions. This is fantastic. Thank you for the great community. Um, I'm not going to do predictions for the practice squad. I would say just a lot of those guys that got cut are going to be back. Um, we could say Kurt Bankert. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> I was going to say no because I thought it would take me more time, but Kurt Bankert, one of the running backs, I'm going to guess Patrick Taylor just because I feel like Dexter was never the Packers guy. Um, Reggie Bagleton makes a ton of sense. Uh, Jordan Love had a ton of good chemistry with him, and I think he's kind of next on the line. Juwan Winfrey is also very liked, and maybe it'll be both. I don't know. I think Equinemius is gone. Hazleton, I don't think necessarily. Kalfusi, 100%. They're going to try to retain if for no other reason than keeping Rodgers happy. Um, offensive line, I don't know. I, ben Braden getting cut almost kind of feels like a, a, a final hammer, but maybe they do think he'll be a good practice squad guy. Otherwise, I don't know. It'd be nice if Cole Van Landen did because he's a local guy. Uh, Pavilion, I think, is a prime candidate. He's a pretty good football player. Um, just not quite where you need him. Um, if I had to pick one edge rusher, I would say Delonte Scott. Uh, linebackers, I mean, you'd like to have at least one. I don't really have a horse in that race, though, between Dejon Harris and Ray Wilborn. Harris did have a pretty good day, but um, that's all. He had, like, one good PFF grade is all I remember. Um, Ento would be fantastic. And um, Uphoff and Gaines both, I feel like, would be candidates. So that's just kind of off the top of my head, I guess. I don't really know. Do, 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 do. Hi, Ryan, again from Katie, this time on Facebook, I think, unless I'm just reading comments. Nope, once on YouTube, once on Facebook. That's that's kind of funny. Um, Atheist for the Cause says, we need to stockpile draft uh, picks. It's very possible we could need a draft to draft a punter, kicker, and long snapper next year. I don't know, man. All I know is if we, kick, if we draft a punter, kicker, and or a long snapper, um, they're going to be hated very much by the Packer fans because you're not supposed to do that. Katie says, any predictions? For, you, I just read that. What's happening? Oh, you're putting both your questions in both spots. 
Garrett says Adams didn't make a huge impact for a few years. I believe Amari came in. Yeah, I mean, and so I, I generally don't like that argument because Adams is the exception. Um, you can't prove that a guy who's bad is going to become good because Adams did, right? That doesn't really make sense. But it does show that some people do take time. Most people, in fact, take at least into their second year. Um, But it's not just Devontae. I mean, Devontae was not great for a while and then became elite. Uh, Jair, I think, was you always saw the promise, but you never really knew for sure. So, yeah, I mean, even um, Kenny Clark in his second year kind of was – significantly better than in his first year so yeah I mean I'm when asked if I was worried about Amari we just haven't seen anything that gives you a lot of confidence yet but that doesn't really mean anything um thoughts on where we will end up playing the Saints I don't I don't know I thought it was going to be in New Orleans I said that on the podcast and that apparently is wrong um and then the next thought was Dallas and apparently that's not going to happen although I don't really know because the person that said that I think got their information wrong so I don't know I know a lot of people are lobbying to go to London I don't think we can make that happen in time but it would make a lot of sense Uh, the Packers said they would never give up a home game this is not a home game and the Saints can't play at home this year it would make a lot of sense I just think logistically it's going to be impossible but it would be kind of cool at least for the Packer fans out there your boy McDuffie made it. Good call. I'm excited about him. I like him. I hope he can keep climbing. Um, and again, there's, I don't necessarily think, I know they love Chris Barnes, but I don't necessarily think we have anybody that's impossible to overtake if he can continue to, to step up. Um, JJ says, put on your GM hat. Who's one player who got cut today from the Packers you would have kept um, for the good of the team, not because they gave you warm and fuzzies? Well, I like to GM with my warm and fuzzies. Um Ento comes to mind in terms of cornerback depth and whatnot. I just don't like Yadam. I would rather have Ento, but we're talking backups. Um, who else? I mean, if we're talking good of the team, most of these guys would not have really played at all. Um, maybe Pavilion, just because you rotate out your big boys. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much. I mean, Begleton, I guess, on special teams would be about the only... And actually, I, I think some of these other guys, Uphoff and in, Innis Gaines, I don't exactly remember how they did with special teams, but um, they could at least contribute there. But I'm not I'm not super upset about any of these guys outside of J.K. Scott, obviously, but I'll get over it if this guy can play. Um, but go to the team, eh, we'll be all right. Um... Atheist for the Cause says, I got an NFL network notification today saying Kamal Martin was cut. Wow. Well, they are on the ball, aren't they? Uh, Goose says, I think Amari can make the biggest impact in a situation like the pony package. Yeah, so he's a cool little piece. And, and that's that's actually the fun thing about him. It actually reminds me a lot of Rashawn Gary, now that we're talking about it. Thank you, Goose, for making me think of this. So when we first got Rashawn Gary, he's he's a versatile tool, right? And you can use him in a lot of different ways because he's so diverse. He's a big dude, but he's also unbelievably athletic. But what the Packers did is they said, let's just focus on one thing and make him really, really good at that one thing. And we'll just hammer that. And for him, it was being a stand-up outside linebacker. And then we'll try to expand into putting your hand in the dirt, playing some defensive tackle, whatever. I think with Amari, we have the luxury of that with the wide receivers that we have. Um, And also with Randall, obviously coming back, not only to tutor, but to just take the, the snaps in the slot. But um, you can let him just be a gadget guy for now. You can have him focus on just bubble screens, um, you know, doing a little bit of inline work and just some gadgety type stuff, you know, some end arounds, whatever, and just kind of get him 
into the flow of things, get him good on just some of that yards after the catch type stuff. And in the meantime, over the the, the weeks and months and whatever, and obviously in the offseason next year, we'll try to expand that into being a more well-rounded wide receiver. But in the meantime, we again, we have the luxury of being able to say, you know what, if you're just a gadgety yard after the catch guy, we can use that. We'll use that to try to get us a Super Bowl, and we'll see where we go from there. Um, Goose says, I'm so excited thinking about how they can use our backfield. Oh, dude. <laughs> he says, imagine Dylan Jones and Josiah in the backfield with Adams and MVS. Yeah, it's, it's stupid just thinking about it, man. And, and like I said, and I wish I could find, um, I wonder if SIS, I can make this happen. I don't know. I'll have to try. But um, my recollection is when Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon were on the field at the same time, it was just automatic money, automatic money. And um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I can't even wrap my head around all the things that get me excited about that. Lupe DiFiasco says, Shalom, I would like to apply for a loan. <laughs> I don't have a, a yarmulke, if that's what we're... This is, this is a, these are headphones here. But <laughs> is it the... What is... What, I love this chat, man. This is the best way to do this. I hope the actual podcast in your car doesn't sound stupid, but that, that is a comment I got from Lupe DiFiasco. He said, Shalom, I would like to apply... <laughs> For a loan. Okay. Well, we'll see what I can do. Um, Andy Monday in the house says, have you talked about Heflin? I have not. Congratulations to Heflin, who has just balled out. Um, I saw that there was some kind of a record of undrafted free agents how many years in a row we've had at least one guy make the team, and Heflin is the man this year. Um, And again, it was never really in doubt. I mean, you know, people talk kind of like they're surprised, and they shouldn't be. Um, it's a big accomplishment, I think, is the bigger reason that people are bringing it up. And, and again, kudos to him. But, man, um, since day one, I mean, in, in training camp, you heard his name. And in the preseason, he just kept making plays. I mean, I don't think he ever went on the field and didn't make some kind of an impact. So kudos to him. Um, I'm still skeptical of his his upside, but, you know, I'll take it. You know, if you get another, like, Tyler Lancaster type, I'm fine with that. Those guys are fantastic. Um Thoughts on Bronson Kalfusi getting cut? Think he can make the practice squad? I think that's going to be the intention. I mean, we want to have somebody from the tight end group, I would think, in the practice squad, and he's obviously the top guy on the list, but they got to clear waivers. We'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> JJ. See, now you guys are trying to make me laugh. That's a good one. JJ says, and I wish I could pull it up, but it's not the podcast. Would you like to form an alliance with me? It's an office reference. Fantastic. And I believe the correct answer to that is absolutely I would. JB says, go Pack go, AR-12, MVP, Super Bowl, let's go. JB's all jacked up, man. That's, way, that's, that's awesome. 8 o'clock is usually my bedtime. It's 8.15, so i got to get wrapping it up here. But I appreciate your energy past my bedtime. Um, Goose says, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Would you guys, get, should we just end it, you bunch of losers? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I love the trash man. Can't wait for him to shove some people in a trash can. Is that about the gift that he put out? You got to remember, I'm doing a podcast here. People are so confused. So um, if this is even what you're talking about, Heflin had some kind of a a gif where he was um, the grouch. What is his name? I don't remember. See what I mean? I know nothing. JB says, what's up, Pack Daddy? Mad Town in the house. You in Madison? That's cool. I'm right down the street. Lupe D. Fiasco, Jason Bach coming back uh, weeks three and seven. Who are we cutting? I think you asked Hanson and Nijman. Um, 
I don't know. I'll have to look at that a little bit. I'm trying to trying to wind it down, but that is a good question. Andy Monday says, 17 consecutive seasons we've kept an undrafted free agent. Here's the thing I was talking about. Do you think the Vikings can them UDFAs? That's a Swedish joke on the Vikings. Oh, okay. man, now we get the dad jokes. Can them, as in, like, put them in a can. Uh, yeah, you guys are all full of them. Atheist for the cause, now that you see the 53, what is our starting offensive line going to look like? Um... All right, I gotta, I gotta do the thing here, one second, because the names are gonna are gonna kill me. Why do you not open the tab? Doing it live, we're doing it live, folks. So um, Elton Jenkins is gonna be our left tackle at left guard. I believe we're going to be putting in Mr. Royce Newman is the guy whose name I can never remember for some reason. Rolls Royce Newman, Rolls Royce Newman. His name is Rolls Royce Newman. At center, we're going Josh Myers. At right guard, I believe we'll be going Lucas Patrick, and then it'll be Billy Turner. That is what I, I, my understanding of the starting offensive line will, will look like. Um, Garrett says the backfield option is definitely a force multiplier. I hope Coach calls on the running back group a lot to take off the pressure off the offensive line. That's a good point, too. Um, there are a lot of things you can do to take some of the pressure off, and that's, you know, that's the, that's the benefit of having weapons everywhere. I mean, we've got good running backs and different kinds of running backs. You got elusive running backs. You got receiving running backs. You got power running backs. You got wide receivers that are big. You got wide receivers that are fast. You got wide receivers that can go in line, in the slot, out wide. You know, you got wide receivers that go in motion. You got tight ends that are H backs and full backs and in line and slot guys. So you got all these different things that you can do and all these different tools and pieces that Matt LaFleur loves to have to just confuse people and keep them off balance. And that's just a fantastic way. You know, if you're playing old school Mike McCarthy head up football where it's just man on man, if you lose a couple offensive linemen, you might just get beat up on. But um, use the tools at your disposal to um, help, you know, whatever. Um, someone called Heflin a trash can full of dirt. Oh, that's why you called him a trash man. I do remember, I do recall that. It was in training camp, I think somebody said that. So the best way to retaliate is to make it a nickname. That is true. That's what a lot of people do. The. Uh, was it the Puritans did that? And pretty much everybody did that. I think Anabaptists did it. I'm coming up with just Christians, but there you go. J.J. Leahy, uh, who are the Packers' sisters of the poor? Shirley Hunter is gone. Burks. I don't know what that means, man. My brain's fried. You can't be throwing stuff at me like that. Garrett says, Oscar the Grouch is a great mascot. That's the name I was trying to think of, and that is a great mascot. J.J. says, the Heflin trash thing. So I already got that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch to the end of this so I can end it. Andy Monday says, I meant the Vikings call, not can. Oh, well, can made sense to me. Because you can't, well, fine, fine, forget it. Ruined your own joke. JC says, I think Scout called Heflin a trash can full of dirt. That is correct. Um, Goose says, final comment. Are you all ready for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers winning the Super Bowl? Let's go, go, Pack, go. Um, yes, I'm very much ready for that. I'm just not mentally prepared for even thinking about that, but I'm super excited. Atheist for the cause, and I think this will be the last comment, says the Lions cut both their kickers. They better not end up with J.K. Scott. That is a perfect way to end it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for the day. Um, Again, this is kind of an experiment, but I kind of want to maybe do this forever if it pans out because I really enjoy this. Um, I would love your feedback, especially people that are just listening to the podcast in the car. What are the things that you like, didn't like, whatever, and I will try to do my best to clean that up. But otherwise, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.